if I'm in the right, if I'm in the wrong, like, are they going to want to argue? Are we gonna, is this, is this going to be like a battle? Yeah, we're going to duke it out on here. <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 191 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Your life will never be the same after today. That is true. And David, I said podcast. I know, I heard you. (laughs) We need to add a disclaimer. There is mention of abuse, molestation, and suicide in this podcast. So, this past weekend, you and I and Jackson and his girlfriend and Avery and his wife and baby G went bowling. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, we did. And Avery's wife beat me. (laughs) I know. I I was shocked. I mean... I thought you were the bowling queen. Well, I'm not the bowling queen. I just (laughs) grew up in a bowling alley because my mama was the bowling queen. (laughs) But I don't know why, but she just, it shocked me. I wasn't expecting it. Again, I don't know why. But she has got great form. Except when she threw the ball backwards. Except for when she (laughs) threw the ball backwards. I never did that. (laughs) Well, you had this bright idea of the the men versus the women. <laughs> well, it wasn't really men versus women. It was just put them on each side. Oh, okay. I wasn't okay. trying to do it like that. But every time we go to the bowling alley, I do start thinking about my mom. Because, again, I grew up in the bowling alley because she was an avid bowler. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, channel my inner mother. <laughs> <laughs> Did not help at all. (laughs) That's funny. I told Avery's wife, I said, my mom would love you. She would love you for who you are, but she would love you more because you have got a pretty form with bowling. (laughs) Yep. But she was not the only one that threw the ball backwards. No. No, she was not. Jax's little girlfriend did. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I laughed hysterically. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I did. But we had fun. It was good. I'm glad that we went. I'm glad that Jackson went because he hates bowling. But he went, and then we all went to IHOP afterwards and ate way too much. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, bowling's kind of like a blended family. You just kind of all just standing around, all of a sudden something just knocks crap out. (laughs) (laughs) And the one standing is the stepmom, and she takes the blame. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, but that, that was true. fun. Yep. And this coming weekend, we are going to see Ethan, his girlfriend, and sweet baby Elle. Yep. Yeah, got to drive down to Georgia. I'm so excited to see her. It looks like she's grown so much. Mm-hmm. It's funny because she went from having that sweet little baby face to I look like an old woman that just cooked dinner. <laughs> and don't fuss at me y'all or mama said the same thing <laughs> it is funny when you have a baby that you know somehow looks like an old person in certain pictures and stuff it's funny yeah <laughs> it's the hair i swear it's the hair with her she got a bunch of hair yeah yeah 
All right, so let's see. February's coming up, folks. Consider this your first reminder. Your warning. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a step parent listening to this and you want your significant other to buy you something specific for Valentine's Day, tell them. Tell them. Help them out. Throw it in the Amazon cart and say, what I want for Valentine's Day is in the cart. You need to buy it. Mm Mm-hmm. That way, there's no disappointment. Yeah. Or you can say, oh, by the way, you don't have to buy me something because I did already buy me something from you. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Don't make it hard Uh, on them. Don't set them up for failure, folks. Yeah. But you know what? You can go buy yourself something, like David said, but get yourself some chocolate too, girl, or boy, (laughs) (laughs) or man, (laughs) or woman. Um, this is probably not as big of a problem during Valentine's Day, but it's also worth saying that if your stepkids get their mom something or their dad something and they don't get you something as a step parent, it's okay. It's okay, folks. We love you. Yes. And remember, those loyalty binds are strong. They may not mm-hmm. even want to get their own parent something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, and another thing. If you are a step parent and your step kids are with you and your bio kids are with you or your hours kids are with you, don't go get your bio kids or the hours kids something and not get the step kids something if they're there with y'all. That's just crappy. Don't be crappy. Oh, oh, um oh, another oh, thing. Oh. Yeah, I just remembered this because we had to we dealt with this and a lot of step families deal with this. So your Step kid comes up to you and says, I want to buy my mom something for Valentine's Day. Will you help me or take me to the store or whatever? They're saying that to the bio parent. Right. Right. No, they could be saying it to the step parent. I mean, they could do it to the bio parent too. You have two different problems here. Not problems, but challenges. Okay, let's, let's say that my kid comes to me and says, I want to buy something for my mom. Will you help me find something for her? Okay. Now, if I tell Lori, I'm yeah. going to the store to help, you know, I'm going to store to buy my ex something. <laughs> yeah, there's a nice plastic bag she can put over her head. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that out loud. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the store to help one of my kids pick out something for my ex-wife, which I wouldn't say my ex-wife. I'd say their mom. I wouldn't have cared. But, but still, some step parents are going to be like, what do you mean? No, you're not buying anything for her. You're not helping little Johnny buy anything for her. She don't need nothing. She don't, she, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's one challenge. The other one is that, you know, you get along good with the stepkids and all that, not so much the high conflict bio parent. And they come to you as a step parent and they say, Will you help me pick out something for my mom? And then you've got to figure out how to navigate that. Okay. I don't think I ever would have had a problem with you helping your kids get something for their mom for any occasion. I don't think they ever asked. I think they asked whoever she was with at the time. But if they would have asked me, I still would have taken them. I'd have been like, sure. Let's go. Let's go to the dollar store. <laughs> we can get her all kind of stuff at the dollar store. We can go to PetSmart and get her something. What does she want? <laughs> <laughs> but remember, folks, these are kids. They're not always doing things to hurt you intentionally. Sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, but not always. And some bio parents 
may be a parent that reminds the kids, hey, remember Valentine's Day's coming up. You need to get me something. I know that mm. sounds crazy, but there are some parents that do that. Mm-hmm. So the stepkid may actually have a bio parent that's saying, little Johnny, you need to go buy me some of those chocolates that are in a heart-shaped thing for Valentine's Day. And so that's why little Johnny's asking. But then little Johnny doesn't get the other bio parent something, and the other bio parent can feel left out. Yeah. Well, I know that just during the normal times of the year, we often hear bio parents and step parents saying things like, I do everything for that kid. And then I didn't get anything. And then they bought their other parent something that is absent and doesn't pay child support and only sees them once every six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can happen. But you have to realize that that kid may feel like he or she did something wrong and that's why the parent is not coming around. Or maybe they can buy some chocolates for the parent and they'll get to see them because they bought them something. Right. So there's all kinds of things that you really have to step back away from the situation and try to understand it, not as close to it. Growing up, we had a neighbor that was two houses down that had a greenhouse. I don't know if he sold stuff to other people, but he sold stuff to me. (laughs) (laughs) I would take my allowance. And y'all, I didn't get a lot of allowance, but I would take part of my allowance and go buy Marigolds from Spurgeon Goodson. Spurgeon was his name. His wife would holler it out the door every day. Spurgeon! Anyway, I would go get those, and I would bring them home so my dad and I could plant them together. I never bought my mom any flowers. Not that she cared. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's why she hated me. Who knows? <laughs> But that wasn't her thing. I never saw her planting flowers outside, but I saw my dad. So that was kind of our thing. But I didn't do it to hurt her. I Mm -hmm. I didn't think, oh, I'm not going to get my mama something to hurt her. It never crossed my mind to get her marigolds. If anything, I would have got her some of that Calgon stuff we've talked about in the past. (laughs) That Calgon take me away. She Mm -hmm. wished it would take her away. She probably wished it would take you away. Well, that's probably more the truth. <laughs> and no, my mama didn't hate me all the time. She loved me sometimes. She didn't hate me all the time. <laughs> she loved me. She just didn't like me. She loved you in her own special way. Hey, that's what my ex used to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, enough about all that. But we've warned you. You've got time. <laughs> oh, and one more thing. Don't go spend $50 on flowers from the flower shop. For a dozen roses. Wait till the day after. They're like 20 bucks then. Or just go by the cemetery. David, no. (laughs) No. And I know some women love flowers. And if you're a woman or your man loves flowers and you want to get them a dozen red roses delivered to them on Valentine's Day, then do it. Don't you dare say Lori told you not to. Don't you blame that crap on me. Okay. Our guest today is Franco Zavala. Cool. Franco is, quote, quote, the professional stepdad. Hmm. So when somebody says, are you a stepdad? He goes, I'm a pro. Professional. 
stepdad. <laughs> so I found Franco on an Instagram video, what do you call those things? And he was talking about nachoing. He said some not so nice things. <laughs> so I reached out to him and I was like, hey, want to be a guest on our podcast to talk about this? Mm-hmm. Look, if you don't agree with Nacho, I don't care. But most of the time, if you don't agree with it, it's because you don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. We often see that where somebody's like, I don't agree with any of it, whatever. And then you start talking to them. You're like, wait a minute. You're, you're doing a lot of the things that we talk about within our methodology. Mm-hmm. And so for you to say you don't agree with it means you don't agree with yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But I, I always like talking to these people to understand where they're coming from. It, it helps every, us. Yeah, everybody, you know, everybody sees life through their own lens. But it also helps me to understand what their dynamics are because sometimes they don't agree with it because they're not in a dynamic where that makes sense. Right. Um, we've said this often. If you would have come to us when we were having problems and you would have explained the Nacho Kids parenting style, I would have been like, no, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, we'd be like, take that crack pipe somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the thing about, I remember when you sent me this um, thing with the video with Franco, and he's, he made a comment about it was a coward's way out. Oh, I wasn't going to tell him what it was, but go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. But anyway, he, he said something like that. And I remember my first reaction, like I wasn't mad or anything. My first reaction was, I wonder why he feels that way. Mm-hmm. Like is is something he's either experienced, um, or or maybe he had a a under an understanding of it that wasn't accurate or something because it's kind of it's very strong words to come out with something that um that you just disagree with right like it was a little it was a little more than disagreeing the way I felt well it didn't hurt my feelings or anything um I've got some tough skin. Thick skin people, not just thick weight wise. Um, <laughs> but again, kind of to your point, I'm thinking, why does he think that? Does he just not understand it? Is he looking at it from a bio parent's point of view where his significant other walked in on Monday morning and said, I'm not doing crap for your kids anymore because I'm not showing? Mm-hmm. Or has he read? Posts that people have made in Facebook groups or on other social media platforms that say Nacho is lazy because we mm-hmm. hear that a lot. Yep. Nacho is not lazy, people. <laughs> I have never no. worked so hard in my life, just to say. But anyway, Franco agreed to be a guest, and I'm so glad he did. I enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, I did too. And I, I am, I'm always grateful for people that are guests that disagree. Because that's a hard position to be in because you know that most of the people are going to like, hey, will you be a guest? Because they want to argue with you. And, you know, we've had people turn down being a guest that disagreed. Mm-hmm. because or they're ghost like, oh, I'm us. Not. They'll talk smack about us, but they won't talk to us. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to understand where you're coming from. It's not that you're wrong. It's not that you're right. But I just want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he agreed. And I was, I was glad that he did. Uh, and I think just like most people, they come on, they kind of have their guard up a little bit. You know, like, I don't know what to expect here. I don't want to be attacked. Uh, but we, you know, you, you'll you see during the interview, absolute 
all respect in the world for him and his position in it. And he and he did something I wish a lot of people would do. They do their homework. Mm-hmm. Even though he did the video, which kind of got our attention, when we asked him to be on the show, he, he went out and did more homework. He's like, like oh, crap, I, I better check this out. <laughs> yeah, and he started asking around and reading more stuff. And, and some things took him down the similar path he was already on, and some things didn't. But it gave us an opportunity to have a conversation with him that is going to be very helpful for those people that are out there who say either, I don't understand it, or what is it, or is it fill in the blank, or I heard it was X, Y, Z. This conversation with Franco gave us the ability to capture all of that and create a good understanding about mm-hmm. what it is, what it's not, and what it's there for. So I, I'm, this is going to be, I believe, one of our best podcasts uh, that, we, that we've produced because we're going to be able to share it out to so many people who have questions about it because we cover a lot of those misconceptions. And, and I'll be the first to, to admit, some of its misconceptions are on us to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's not Franco's fault he misunderstood some of these things. It's our responsibility to create more content to put out there that explains it better. And we cover that in the interview, but just putting that out there that, you know, you can look, we could look at this and say, well, it's his fault for not doing the homework. We accept responsibility. Yeah, there you go. Which is something that you should do as a parent and step parent anyway, to some degree. Um, but anyway, he did his homework, and and we're saying that there's certainly a lot more that we need to do to make sure that we get the right image out there for our brand. Having said that, that's also one of the biggest challenges of something like our Facebook group, because you try to you try to enforce that brand image and answer those questions that are in line with your brand. At the same time, you've got twenty five, well let's say 22,000 people because not all of them are going (laughs) crazy. You got 22,000 people that can sometimes challenge everything you're trying to do. And and we bring that up in an interview too, where if somebody goes to the Facebook page, you're like, Oh, this is, this is not at all what I thought. This is something that's very different. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, (laughs) that's why we tell people all the time, listen to the podcast, go to nachokids.com read the articles and the blog posts there, join the Academy. All those places are straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> nay, nay. <laughs> yep. So it, it just amazes me though, how many, how many times people go to somebody else, even within our own public groups and they ask questions about it. And then they formulate their opinion based on other people's opinions of other people's opinions. And when they can just come straight to, our original content and get the answers there. Exactly. And I love it when people do YouTube videos or something and they say, the woman that created this, I wonder if she knew blah, 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 blah. Guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is, it's it is amazing. I'm, I'm a secret. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how many times people uh, will have a, have a video put out about her or something like that and they never reach out. Mm-hmm. They never reach out to interview or to ask questions or to research. Yeah, none of that. Which you know, obviously, they're not news anchors because they couldn't. <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, you can't do an article on it if you don't know anything about it. But, uh, but anyway, having said all that, I, I definitely appreciate 
Franco for coming on the yep. show. And um, I think everybody will will be enlightened. And he asks questions and says things that some of you may have been interested in asking and saying yourself. Right. So, and he also tells us that there were five other podcasters that agreed with him about what he thought about the Nacho Kids method. Mm-hmm. Come on, people. If you out there listening to this and you don't agree with it or you have questions about it, again, feel free to contact us and be a guest on our podcast. Yeah. We're not going to beat you up. No, it is not about convincing you that you're wrong. What it's about is exposing to step families that there's more than one way to do this. And if you've got a way that you found this works for you and people that you're helping, then we want to bring that to some people's attention. Yep. All right. That's enough of that. All right. Well, let's get to listening. Today, we have Franco Zavala. Hey, Franco. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. So before we get into what your title is, sure. tell us a little bit about you and your family. Okay. Well, um, let's see. I, I, um, I stepped into my blended family around 13 years ago after I got out of the military. I moved back from the East Coast, moved here to the West Coast. And I ended up uh, reconnecting with a friend of mine who I've known since he was six years old. We actually lived seven houses down from each other our whole life. And um, when I reconnected with her, I uh, just basically friends like, hey, how you doing? Stuff like that. I saw that she just had a son and I was congratulating her. And a few months later, she posts on Facebook saying that um, her husband had passed away from a heart attack. And my son was five months old at the time. So again, me being, I mean, like I said, we've been best friends almost our whole life. Um, I contacted the rest of the friend group and we all went to support her. And it just kind of went from there. I ended up um, helping out as best I could because I was going to school from, I was using my GI bill to get my degree. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one thing led to another. One day we went out to dinner and dinner turned into dancing, which is what we love to do. We're amateur ballroom champions. Oh. And, uh, and dancing turned into a kiss and I have never left. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you have kids of your own? No, I um I was married before, and um, I was we, I was close to having a kid, but something happened as far as like the uh, a miscarriage went, and then that kind of broke up our relationship. And away I went. Then I found out later on down the road that after jumping out of the airplanes for eight years, it ended up doing something to me physically that I couldn't have kids. So being a being a Hispanic male uh, from a, and having a mother who only wanted grandchildren kind of was devastating to me. Yeah. So I honestly felt like that was it. And there was not, I'm never going to have my own kids. And there was no way in hell I was going to jump into a family with kids. That was not even on my radar. Right. And I kind of just made my peace with it. And then it's funny. It's funny how when you make your peace with something and you let things go, the thing that you're supposed to be doing shows up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. how it works. Yes, ma'am. So you've never had kids of your own. And she has one child. And the father of that child has passed away. So she's got five children. Whoa. How did I miss that? <laughs> it's okay. She's got, she's got, when I reconnected with her, she had just had her son, which would be her last child. There was four girls and one boy. Okay. And then, yeah. And then he passed away right at about five and a half months when my son Christopher was that age. Did you adopt her kids? No, you know, we went into, um, 
So as you know, when you step into blended families, other than having to deal with the bio parents or family members or even friends and neighbors who want to kind of interject their two cents into your relationship, our scenario was also dealt with the fact that her husband that had passed away had left in his will a chain of custody for the children and some of the money that was left over from the life insurance that in order for the kids to get the money, they could never take the last name of any other man. This was literally in the contract. And I say it to this day, you know, I mean, I really never knew his name was Chris's ball. I never knew Chris. I never met Chris, but he, he made sure that he cemented that lineage of his last name or not his last last name for the children forever. And um, at first I fought it, meaning like I fought it with myself. I fought it with other family members, because let me tell you the way that the chain of command worked, you would think that my wife would have been the first in line with the whole life insurance and taking care of the kids. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like that. It was his father, his mother, his sister, his other sister, his two brothers, and then my wife. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was, <laughs> It's funny too, right? Because she's, she fathers, um, you know, she, she birthed his children. Right. Great mom. And then she finds out two, three weeks later after, you know, you go through the whole procedures of the death certificate and so forth, that she's the seventh on the list and she doesn't even have control of anything. So right off the bat, we were dealing with that scenario and relinquishing control. We probably dealt with it for almost two years. Wow. Did y'all have to go through the family court system? No, we ended up we ended up going through, you know, getting our lawyers together and, and kind of hashing it out in the room. And it's funny, at the end of the day, it was the dad. It was so Chris's dad, who's into now he's a, we get along fine. But then it was more of like he didn't know if he can not only trust me, but should trust Janaea, my wife. And so the last thing he wanted to do was relinquish control. We found out later that the reason that he didn't want to was because he felt like he was losing his son. And if he kept that control, it's almost like he had him there still, in a sense. And we ended up going, like I said, through the, the legal system that we did go through was just lawyers in rooms, a lot of crying, a lot of yelling, a lot of back and forth. And it wasn't until my wife called him and the lawyers met and she just kind of put everything out on the table and said, just be honest with me. Like, what are we looking at here? Right. And when he finally was able to cry and to let it out and to kind of tell his side of the story and why he was scared. Once he got the whole, don't worry, the kids are going to be okay. You know, Franco's a good guy. He's, he's not here. Mind you, I'm only telling you this side of the story from the, from the dad's side that passed away. My wife's mom and that side of the story is more of a, abused by stepdads their whole life. Right. So yeah. I'm coming in with trying to fight that stigma. Then I'm coming in trying to fight the whole, you know, that's Re replacing my son. Yeah. Yeah. And not just replacing, but the replacing my son for the mom and dad. And then you're not good enough for my nieces and nephew from the sisters and brother. Mm -hmm. Right. So, was, I mean, everywhere I went, it was constant. Like I was just eggshelling the whole way. Yeah. Hmm. How long did it take things to turn around for you to where they, they finally kind of saw you for who you were and, and it wasn't uh, the eggshell walking? So till this day, like I still kind of deal with little things here and there. For instance, 
Chris was a successful dentist. He was a very successful gentleman. Like he had a practice. He went to school. He had good grades. Myself, I'm out of the military. I'm, I'm 31. I'm going to college at a, as a 31-year-old becoming an actor. And I didn't have any money, so I'm driving this broken, beat-up car. I've got <laughs> tattoos. He didn't. So the perception of who I was to who he is didn't stop until the first day I was on television. Mm. And we were at a family event, and or what, where I think it was Thanksgiving or maybe the Super Bowl, and one of my commercials come on. And it was funny. The moment that happened, everything changed. Hmm. Everybody kind of stopped looking at me like he's in a business and in an industry where he'll never make it to, oh, oh, he's, he can do this. He's good at this. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like when I understood, oh, I see what they needed. They just needed to know. At the end of the day, I believe that they just needed to know that the kids and Janae were going to be okay. Yeah. You know. So what kind of commercials do you do or what kind of TV so I, stuff? It's okay. So I do, uh, I do a lot of stuff. Uh, Television commercials here for like, um, I did Walmart for a couple of years. I was the host for that for two and a half, three years in Arizona. As a matter of fact, at that time, I was the highest paid commercial actor in Arizona. Oh, after- congratulations. Thank you. And, and it'd be funny. I would like to tell you that I'm a good actor or that I'm, I'm, I've studied with blah, 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 but that's just not true. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just really good on camera and I'm confident in my ability to deliver messages and, and products. So I do Walmarts and then I do Peter Piper Pizza's. You know, all the local commercials. I've done a couple of Cisco Systems commercials, and then uh, I also made a movie and had and I sold it to Los Angeles or to a producer in LA who ended up making it. And it was on Netflix for a few years. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, and it's about me and it's about our situation. Oh, okay. cool. Well, do you mind sharing the name of the movie? Sure. It's called Lift Me Up. Lift Me Up. Okay. Yep. You can find it now. You can find it on iTunes, Amazon Prime, stuff like that. Okay. Well, actually, how I found you was a Instagram post that you made or TikTok or something. I don't remember where exactly. And you were talking about nachoing and nacho kids. And so I reached out to you because I wanted to clarify some of maybe the misunderstandings behind it. Because one of the comments you made was, it's a coward's way out. And to stand up for these kids and be there for them. And that's not what it is. It is standing up and being there for them, but just not as a parent. So I want to clarify something real quick, because I was going to reach out to you guys earlier before we decided to do the show, but I figured having it on your show and having it for this episode would be a better hold. Talk to my wife about it. And I ended up talking to a few other individuals I do podcasts, um, guest spots with. Mm -hmm. So when I made that video and I came across the information I'm not going to lie. I read it for face value. I read it maybe, I probably, I mean, I maybe gave it two to three glances tops. And I, I had made up my mind immediately. I'd made up my mind. I made the video. I posted it up. And I, there are parts of it that I will stand by. But I can say that the more I dive deep into your academy, the more I dive deep into the, the individuals that are posting on your Instagram accounts where they tell success stories. I came to a conclusion with me was that my ignorance towards how I did it doesn't, it can't work for everyone. And I have to be open to other avenues of healing, mentoring, parenting, teaching, guiding. And so when I did that, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to reach out to them because I want to first apologize for saying the phrase coward, because I don't think coward should have been the word I used. I think it should have been more along the lines of it's not the way I would do it. Right. Right. 
I think it's that's I think it was more of a personal video for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Necessarily like a hit on your programs or your stuff. Because I can't I can't take away from the fact that you guys actually give a shit. <laughs> you know, because there are a lot of you'd be surprised, guys. There's a lot of coaches and mentors and academies that are out in our world, right? Of step parenting world, who I like to call them like the physical therapists of the step parenting world, meaning they tell you they have a product, they tell you they can fix you, but they're going to keep you there as long as they can to drain you of your money, mm-hmm. to drain you of your time and efforts. And uh, yeah, anyway, I figure you guys should know that. I figure you guys should. I wanted to make sure that I got that on record. Well, okay. Honestly, I'm glad that you said that because it got my attention. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I don't think he understands, which you're not the first person that doesn't understand the methodology. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do, just as you did, did. You read a few things and say, oh, okay, I got this. It's an absent role. It's backing off. I'm not there. I don't help with the kids. I don't do anything. And that's yeah. not the case. Now, to clarify, though, in our situation, there was a time that I had to completely step back because I had to heal and the stepkids had to heal. And then once we started healing is when I started reengaging with them, not in a motherly role, but mm-hmm. in a mentor, confidant, friend type role. And things greatly improved. And I appreciate you noticing that we do care because we do. Mm-hmm. We do see what you talk about, too. Our goal is to get somebody in the academy, have them work the program, and they'll see the changes. If they put the work in, they will see the changes. And I'm very glad to say, and we're blessed that we have helped people worldwide mm-hmm. to not just survive the blend, but actually feel like they are a blend and be happy in it. Right. Well, I think that, like I said before, me being ignorant to the information was definitely probably not the smartest move I've ever made in my life. And I'm not, I'm not dwelling on it because I believe that it led me to this point right here. And right. I can't, I can't really complain or feel that bad about it. Meaning <laughs> there are things about the Notre method. For instance, the, the nomenclature, the name itself, right. And what it stands for and, and, and what it means now from an, in, from a perspective of someone who doesn't really fully understand what they're about to go through. Let's just say at first, let's call them the rookie season, the year one and year two of an step parenting life. It could be misleading, especially if people are gathering the information like most people do gather information, which is at face value. Not a lot of people do deep dives. Not a lot of people try to get to know and, and how to understand and handle. But like I said, with that, with me saying that, there are things about the natural method that I don't agree with. And there's also things about probably what I say that you guys don't agree with. And I think it makes it for great conversation because at the end of the day, there is no real manual. There right. is mm-hmm. no, there is no like uh, how to videos on how to become this the most successful step parent in the world because we just it just it doesn't. And for individuals coming from different parts of life, like where are you guys? Where are you guys from? To, from South Carolina. From, okay, so I lived in North Carolina. I lived in Fayetteville. Okay, forever, but. Individuals that come from different parts of life, let's call it New York or California, Seattle or Texas, everybody's going to have a different avenue and a different way they're going to receive information Mm -hmm. and what will work and what won't work for them. So do I agree with totally 
and fully with what the not to impaired method is? No. But the cool thing is I don't have to agree with it. And that's right. what and that's what makes it cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know the backstory of how the name came about. I would love to hear it. Okay. Basically, year two, we things went to crap. We were about to get divorced. I knew a counselor. I contacted him and he said yes, he would meet with us. And thank God he knew I was hard headed because all he kept telling me was, Lori, they're not your kids. And it hurt my feelings at first because I do care about them. And then I would say, well, I want them to have good hygiene. And he said, Lori, they're not your kids. And I swear to you, that's all he said to me. Mm -hmm. I even asked him, did he fall off his bike and hit his head or something? (laughs) So we go to leave and I look at David and I said, all he said to me is they are not your kids. And we started laughing. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time we had laughed in probably a year. Mm-hmm. And the clouds parted, and I realized they're not my kids. I can love them and I can care for them, but they don't need a mom. They've got a mom. They've got a dad. And they need to hear, go brush your teeth from him, mm-hmm. not from me. And it's not that he didn't care if they had brushed their teeth. It was just women are Johnny on the spot. We come in. We try to fix everything. We try to delegate everything. And you do this, you do that, kind of take on the motherly role, but that's not what they needed. And so at that point, I decided to step back and slowly over the next year, re-engage once everybody had healed and create those good relationships that we have now. And I also shared it with people I would see struggling in the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I would private message them. They would be attacked by other stepmoms for saying they didn't like their set kids or something. And I would message them and say, hey, I found something that worked for me. Maybe you would like to try it. And and it just grew from there. Yeah. But I would like to discuss what you don't agree with. Okay, cool. Just so we can have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's out on the table. Of course. Okay, so there is, so the way it is worded and the way it is phrased, for instance, when you say, when the doc, when you're, when the therapist or the doctor was like, not your kids, not your kids. And you're like, the clouds parted. They're not my kids, which means they have a mom. They don't need a mom. Right now. I believe that there's a a huge difference in the way you and I were raised as opposed to the way the kids are being raised today. Even like the kids just, just behind us, maybe one generation, which is when you and I got in trouble or when we got in discipline, we got disciplined. Like it was, was a legit like fear. And I mean, I don't think I use, I don't think, I don't think I own a wooden spoon in my entire home. <laughs> it don't exist here, right? Yeah. So, so when you're saying, you know, when we say about like disengaging, I think that there's a huge difference between parenting and punishment. I believe there's a difference between the way we parent as two individuals being a team, two individuals showing a united front within a home. Right. So that the kids can see that mom and dad or mom and stepdad or the two adults in the house cannot not only cannot be persuaded one way or the other, but they're together. They're making decisions together. They're handling the family situations together. And that has nothing to do with like, go do your chores, get your ass to your room. That's that's not what I mean. What I'm what I mean more along the lines of of parenting is raising young adults, raising young adults so that they can be productive when they leave the house, right? Now, it's hard. I I get it. It's hard, especially from a a stepdad's point of view. It's hard when there even is a bio dad. Now, I didn't have a bio dad in my picture, but what I I did have is the 19 family members on both sides of the fence 
one not liking me because of what I looked like and who I was, and the other not liking me because they were abused and, and molested and all that other stuff by stepdads. And I, I was getting it from both ends, you know, from both ends. And the conscious decision that I made in my moment was I'm going to block everything off within the four walls of my home and I'm going to raise the children in this house to be productive, to be loving, to be caring, to be non-judgmental, to learn how to let go of their pain, to talk through situations, like those little tiny things, right? Those little scenarios. So when it comes to like disengaging from them, I think I did, I agree and disagree with it. Meaning I don't agree with saying like, I want to be your uncle or just a friend in the house that you can come talk to. And if something happens, I'm going to send you to mom so she can deal with it. Because for five kids in a house, I believe that that could very much overwhelm mom, right? And she eventually would look at me and say, need a little help here. Now, if I'm disengaged and I don't, and I've said to myself, not going to do the parenting. I'm going to leave that up to, let's, let's say bio dad in my scenario. I'm going to leave it up to bio dad. In the house, mom's overwhelmed. I want to make sure that the kids respect me enough in order to listen to me, especially when I need to take over. Because I am hands down the alpha male of my house. These are not my children. I get that. I understand that. There's, I'm not blood related to them at all. But if you didn't know that I did that I had stepkids, you would never know that I had stepkids. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's other than the way they look, I guess. Because when I speak about my children, they're mine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't give a shit if stepdad or biodad is in the picture or not. And when I say my children, I don't mean a possessive mind. I mean, those are my children. I raised them. I'm doing the best I can for them when they're in my home. I can't control what happens outside. I can't control how bio dad talks about me at the dinner table because he hates me. Mm-hmm. What I can control is I can make sure that when they come back into my home, that they know it's a safe place where not only can they open up, but they know that I'm not going to turn around and badmouth bio bear. I'm not going to stoop down to that level. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can't, I couldn't disengage from them at any point in time. I needed to make sure I was engaged. Even if it was from a nonverbal point, mm-hmm. like you said before, you were there for them. You cared for them, of course. Of course you do. You're a, you're, you're a human. And I think you guys learned this. You guys had to take care of yourselves first. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, you guys, you, if you didn't take care of yourselves, nothing else would work, period. You guys had to work on your old demons. You had to let go of your old fears and bringing your old selves into that new relationship that you guys are now, that you guys kind of took off on. Imagine if you would have brought in three years ago, you, the version of you, it wouldn't, it still wouldn't work. So you asked me, you know, like, what don't I agree with, with the natural? And it's just the whole, like, I guess it's the way it's phrased and, ver- and worded, like the disengagement or to, you know, to be the uncle or to be the mentor in the house. When I believe that if you're raising young children, you're the parent, period. You're a parent. That's your job. Like, that's your job. I wasn't a parent in the army. But when I went to Iraq and I took 12 soldiers, those are my children. I was responsible for each and every one of them. And that's just how I had to see it. So maybe it's the way I, where I was from or how my life that I've been through. But I always have that Papa Bear instinct, which is to make sure that, that everyone in my home knows that they can come up to me and talk. They can share with me information. They can see mom and me on the same page and that we're, we're vibing and, and we're on a, we're on a, where, where our teamwork is just hundred percent, but they also need to know that in my house, my rules, 
I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to yell. I don't, I don't hit. And there's no wooden spoons, like I said. But if I speak, because of the amount of time I've put in with the kids by learning their love languages and by understanding how to communicate with them, I may not be dad biologically, but I'm dad, especially in my home. So that's, that's really it. Like, other than that, other than the verbiage, I have no problem with nacho. Zero. Like I said, my ignorance towards the information was that of itself, my ignorance. You know, I don't manage to say that. Well, one of the challenges we have, and this is what you're bringing up, is that the entire process that, that we bring, the methodology, it is very different in day one than, for example, day 365. Mm-hmm. And people don't come to us with their life at the 365 day level. They come with the day one level. Mm-hmm. And it would, if I had to give it a probably a poor analogy, it would be like if you go to a gym and everybody that walks in that gym has never touched weights before, or they've always worked out wrong mm-hmm. and they're overweight and they can't walk on a treadmill, much less run on one. Yeah. That'd be me. <laughs> There's a, I, I hate them too. There, there would be a process to get people from day one to let's say day 60, which would be a, a, a very big difference in their life in a short period of time because they've never done it. And they're finally understanding how to do certain things properly. And they're learning what works for them based on what they want their outcome to be. Because some people want to gain mass. Some people want to be lean. It's a different outcome that they want, but it's very different. And then by the time you get somebody to just say six months into that workout program, what they were doing around day one, you're like, don't do that anymore. That was for day one. Day 60 or day 360 is different. And you can't do the same things you were doing then. And so for us, the challenge is when you start talking about disengaging is if we're going through the process with you and and we're one year in, we're not telling you the same story about disengaging as we did on day one. It's very different. And so that's the challenge for us is that because people come to us usually at that day one mark, Mm. it it can often sound like that's we're telling you to do that from now until the end of time. That's, that's what I'm saying, guys. That's what I'm saying. Right. And that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the information for me. And not only me too, because after I made that video and then you reached out to me, I of course reached out to other people. I'm like, okay, guys, I need to know if I'm in the right, if I'm in the wrong, like, are they going to want to argue? Are we going to, is this, is this going to be like a battle? Yeah. We're going to duke it out on here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, are we going to, are we going to literally, are we just going to go back and forth saying, I'm right. You're right. Because that, you know, I wanted to make sure that I get information. So then I reached out to um, five other podcasters that do kind of what we do, step parenting. And I just asked them their point of view and all five thought like I did, which is about the information that we see for what it is. Right. And how the information is delivered, the way you just explained it, if I had, and maybe it is out there, but the way you just explained it, if I would have seen that version of it, the first time I saw nachoing, I would have been like, oh, well, that's exactly what I would do. You see, I do instead of, instead of disengaging, my thing with what I tell people to do is go all in on the kids at all. Like the kids shouldn't even be in the freaking scenario in the beginning. You need to work on you first, buddy. Like it has to be about you. You got to fix you, fix your problems. Don't try to, you're not a parent yet. You still, how, right. can you, how can you try to parent children when you're still holding on to this freaking, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you, like you have scars from the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then mom. I mean, mom just went through hell. 
right? Mm-hmm. Not only does she have to let a new man in the house, but now she's got to learn to trust and she's got to learn to forgive and all that fun jazz. So that's what I do. I talk about going working with me and then the whole us, which is you two, mm-hmm. which is the marriage. And then you go to the kids. And even when you get to the kids, I say, it's nonverbal. I just want you to listen. They're going to tell you what they want, but listen, don't try to do anything. Don't try to force yourself upon anything. And I believe that's exactly what you guys do now yeah. based off of what you just said right? about the day one, day 365. Watching yep. your video, it could have came across. Now, I did not research anything. I'm not going to say I did. I just watched that clip. And it came across to me that you were one that you came in and by God, you were dad from day one. Whereas that's not the case. And again, that's not what you're saying. Just like the disengaging or we actually prefer to say stepping back because disengaging a lot of times is. um, Sounds like you're just completely checking out. Yeah. And and people relate it to ignoring. Yep. Yeah. You don't ignore the stepkids. I mean, if the kids ever ask me, hey, can you hand me a cup? And I'm standing right there. Of course I gave them a cup. I mean. It's not like you just completely go ignore. ask your dad. So yeah. go ahead, come here and get yeah. you. Yeah, I don't hear you. If they did say, "Can we go to Mama's?" then I'd say you need to go ask your dad or things like that. But something that a lot of people don't understand too is we were in a bad spot. Oh yeah, and I can't tell you how bad things were, but I, I will I tell you that <laughs> the doctors thought I had pancreatic cancer because uh-huh. of the stress that I was under from what we were going through. And so. Well, real quick, tell that story real quick, because I don't know from the outsiders, from an outsider's perspective, like I wouldn't have known that you were going to set through such pain in, in this process that, I mean, you almost gave yourself. Oh, it was horrible. I had, um, it, it d- seems like it kind of happened overnight, but we know it didn't. Yeah. And it was to the point, nobody wanted to come home. David's kids would, call him and say, has she left yet? Their goal was to get me to leave. Now, we also had the bio mom influence, the in-law influence, the sister-in-law influence. So we understand that part too. And it was just, everybody was miserable and and they would feed off each other. So for instance, with having four kids, he has four, I have one. A set of triplets is included in that four. So you've got a gang literally, that's trying to split us up. And they were doing a really good job. Yeah. And so anyway, again, I got sick. I I thought I was dying. I honest to God felt like I was. And I even asked David one day, I said, "Um, do you wish I would die? And he was like, no. No, I just wish you'd leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) But that's where we were. I I, I understand. Yeah, I understand. We can be very candid about it now, but even I would say even as recent as two years ago, even being candid would still hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, it still stings. Maybe yeah, it still stings a little, but because it's very raw, we we very we're very raw with how we were, and I mean, there we, were we days some very bad things. There were days when we we not around the kids, but we got into some yelling matches and said some very hurtful things. Honestly, to I I think part of it was for me. It's like I almost was hoping she would just go, all right, I'm done. Yeah, it'd be easier for you. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if she would call, if she called it quits and I could say, oh, well, I did everything I could do. Yeah, yeah I tried. Right. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. one foot know, out the door. Yeah. Right. And so honestly, I was like, just let's just get this over with and be done with it. Like, I don't, this is not going anywhere. 
except down the tubes. And like, I just, I want you to be happy somewhere else because you're not going to be happy here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she, and honestly, probably this, the reason we're still together is because of her. Cause she came home one day and she goes, will you go and to a, a counselor or to our church or somewhere and talk to somebody with me? And Please I was like, me. I said, that's fine. This is the last straw because honestly, if it goes another 30 days, I might not wait on you to pull the plug. I'll just now, do it. And you have to remember, we read all the books. Oh, yeah. We did our research before we blended. Mm -hmm. We knew it wouldn't be easy, but we did the research. We thought we had a heads up on this. It's because we're all optimistic when we start. We're like, <laughs> right, because nobody uh, okay. tells you the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you imagine if somebody would have said, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but we were we were sleeping in different rooms. Guys, I brought alcoholism into my, I, I was an alcoholic. Jeez. I mean, the, the army made me an alcoholic. Hands down, 100%. I mean, the military taught me a lot of stuff, but I brought into this family alcoholism. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I thought that I could parent like my father and drink secretly like my mom yeah. while trying to connect with five kids and be in a relationship with my wife. No, no, no. I got, I mean, long story short, I got arrested in front of all the kids once. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, not fun. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. And, and I honestly, truly believe that... Like you guys are light years ahead of me. I just started this. Like I'm only two years into what I'm doing. And I've only started talking about it after 12 years of doing this. I didn't even know that this was a thing until I tried to search out stepdads who talk about this. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, men don't like to share shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I guess I'll start talking about it. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't speak, you know, I can't stress that any other way. Like the way things are worded in your curriculum make me not want to agree with you. Mm -hmm. that's it when you it's what's the word i'm looking what's the best way to say this it's like um you know when somebody you have to explain something to somebody and they they look at it and it's like oh my god this is totally overwhelming i do not want to even look at this it's it's just gonna be too complicated and then when they finally just sit down and explain it to you you're like oh oh like okay. algebra yeah like algebra like just <laughs> like math you're like you know you see all these figures that have to be moved around and then you have a formula to it um, here's the here's the solution with the formula, and you're like, oh, the formula, got it. But since the formula wasn't delivered in the beginning of it, and then to to give me some sort of like a, I feel comfortable with that information, it was a complete overwhelming. And so for me, when I see complete overwhelming and information that I don't agree with or words that I don't agree with, then I immediately like, it's like, no, I'm good. I don't want to look at this. Right. Like I'm I'm through with it. So the way that you guys have explained it. You don't do what you do on day one and day 365. Mm -mm. I wish that was. And again, I'm not telling you how to do your curriculum. You guys are, you guys are doing just fine without me. But if it, was, if it was delivered in the way that you said it earlier, in the more simplistic way, I guess, I don't think anybody would ever kick back to what you guys do. Because like I said, I, I checked with five other step parents mm -hmm. that do shows and they all, all down the board, just based off of the information that you can receive in the beginning, you're like, no, nah, I'm not, no, that's not what I would do. Are you kidding me? No, no way I would disengage. Inc no way. Mm -hmm. Like that's their theory. That's the way they think. Well, but. I'll tell you in the beginning, if someone would have came to us and said, this is what you need to do. We'd have been like, you're crazy mm. because it's the complete opposite of what we've read. And it almost even goes against nature. And when I say that, because Women, motherly women come in and they want to mother. Mm. So for me, it was hard because I do have that motherly instinct. But I realized that, again, the stepkids didn't need that. So I almost had to have two split personalities with my son 
I raised him. I told him what to do. And with them, it was more of being an influencer. And I remember one of the kids, we've had him on the podcast, and he said that at work, they had tried to get me to lie to a customer, and I refused. And I said, you can fire me. You can do whatever, but I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not lying to them. And the kids heard me tell David this story. I wasn't even telling them. But he said that that did something to him to where he feels like that he needs to tell people the truth and he needs to be honest. And a lot of times, too, I think people misunderstand parenting versus adulting. For instance, if the stepkids are chasing each other with butcher knives, no. If you're not and you're not going to sit there and go, okay, let's watch this and see what okay. happens. Yeah, I mean, if, if you were at a restaurant and kids were chasing each other with knives, yeah, I would, would yell out, what are you, yeah. you doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't know whose kids you are, but you're not going to do that. That's dangerous. <laughs> we always say you don't nacho safety. You don't, you don't ever nacho safety. But even to the degree of if the two kids, two stepkids are beating the snot out of each other, I'm going to intervene. Even if I'm nachoing, I'm going to say, whoa, y'all need to take a break, split up. Wait till your dad comes home or, you know, whatever. But you're not going to sit there and let them hurt each other. Right. Yeah. Right. So, okay, so I have a question for you guys. Like when I refer to my kids, I never, I, I don't think I, I don't think I ever use the word stepkids. Mm-hmm. Ever. They're just my kids. Like, I, mean, I even when, like I said, when I talk about them, when I refer about them, when I speak about them, you would never know unless you ask, you, you physically said, wait, are those your real kids? And I'm like, oh no, those are my stepkids. <laughs> <laughs> they don't oh, look like you, Franco. They got blonde yeah, hair, they, blue eyes, and they're pale they skin. <laughs> they got green eyes. They're, they're two of the kids. I'm pretty sure they're going to have to never go in the sun ever again. My son. <laughs> but then my other two daughters sort of could probably pass off as mine, and they'd make a joke about it. Mm-hmm. You know, my three youngest, call me dad. My two oldest, call me Franco. Mm-hmm. Doesn't bother me even a little bit. Like, never has. Never thought twice about it. Because when they refer to me to their friends, like on the phone, They'll say, hey, can Stephanie come over? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Hey, my dad says you, you can come. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah. Like, that's, it's a cool feeling still. Like, this here, my even oldest daughters do that. And right. one of my daughters is married. But it's for you were saying when mothers come in and, and you want to be like the nurturer and the mama bear and stuff like that. For, for, for dads, we come in, especially if we haven't done any research on what we're doing. And the immediate reaction is, uh, why isn't everybody respecting me now? Why don't you guys value me now? I want to know why everybody's not listening to every word I say now. I'm the man of this house. And a lot of mistakes are made that way. And I could see how, again, based off the way you explained it earlier, how Nazi would actually work in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Again, changing one phrase and one word around makes me go, okay, that's very similar to what I tell people to do. Don't, don't, don't even do the kids. Just do you first, then do right. your partner. Like if you're not on a good team, and you guys know this now, you guys don't have a good team, it doesn't matter. Nothing will work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the kids are going to see how you treat mom. The kids, the kids are going to see how you treat dad. They're going to learn relationships from you. So our job as men to treat, to train, or uh, to, to raise our sons, to respect women, open doors, stuff like that. Yeah, David. <laughs> I do. It's just one of the, it's my thing. But, you know, then my wife's always mad at me because she thinks my son's the only little boy in the world that hits his sisters. I'm like, hello, it's the whole world hits their sisters. But no, anyway, that's beside, I'm, I'm ranting. <laughs> but, but it is, it is a refreshing, it's a refreshing reminder coming from my point of view, which is, I don't know all the answers and neither do you guys. I think there's a lot of step parents out there that listen to both of our, our content 
believing that we are somehow there to save them or to fix their problems. And that's, I don't think that's what we do. I think what we do, and the reason why we do this is because we want to just put you on the right path because at the end of the day, they're going to still make their own decisions. They're going to still do what they're going to do. We can't be with them every step of the way, yeah. which is why I guess the, there's a, there is an importance to check in an academy, mm-hmm. a place where people can come and, and not only ask questions, but get into forums and talk with one another. And I mean, that, yeah. that is a lot of benefit into that because as you know, like I said earlier, that's, there's not a, a lot of olive branches for stepdads. Right. Now, one of the things I've kind of started, I say started, I've been doing it for a while is when I hear people that have a different opinion or they have a different way that they're doing things, I used to kind of be the same way. I would say, oh, I completely disagree with that. Mm. But I would say over the past couple of years, my my take on it has been, I don't disagree. I just want to understand how is it working for them? Because it may very well be working fantastic. And if it does, then I just want to know about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there is no one way, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there's no one way to do this thing. And so I've, I've definitely heard people that say, this is the way you should do it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how that would work, but if it's working for them, that's fantastic. But I like that people, and you like, you brought it up earlier. I like when people say, look, there are different ways to make this thing work, find what's working for you Mm -hmm. and follow it. And you might find some things in the nacho kids method that work. And then you may have to mix it with some stuff you heard Franco say, but you're going to do something that clicks with your family. And that's what you need to do. Yeah. And another, I think I feel this is, and this is just, again, this is me doing a lot of contemplating and meditating, especially after I realized that I, I didn't cause a ruckus, but I definitely got your attention. <laughs> but after thinking about it, just like I do, and I teach my kids about like, before you, before you react and before you want to do something, just think it through, like try to think it past it. And I think one of the ways, or one of the things that after making that video, I realized that it was, it was wrong no matter what. Even if I didn't agree with it, I could say I didn't agree with it, but say kind of like how you're saying, which is, and do whatever works for you. Because at the end of the day, the last thing I would ever want to do is deter from somebody from trying something new because I have an opinion of it. That's just, that was right. not the right thing to do, you know? And I think, and I, and I don't want to take away from that, especially from what you guys do. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my last thing I want to do is take away from, your impact on your circle of influence. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not right of you. Well, when, when Lori showed me the clip and I, I only saw the, the little bit part of it where I think you said it was a coward's way or something like that. My, my initial reaction was, I wonder what happened to him that gave him that impression. Like, were you exposed to something? And I don't know that you were, where you got that impression from somebody. And the reason I say it that way is because there are sometimes people use, unfortunately, they use our methodology as a weapon to say, I'm not showing. And they completely do check out or they say, or, or they douchebags. Yeah. Or they ignore the kids or they're mean to the kids. And they do that in the name of not showing. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. How I, I see. I can see how you can make that a weapon. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We had one yeah. lady. I'm going to nacho the stepkids and showers. I'm going to cut the hot water off. Yeah, you don't understand. Not, not showing is let them oh, take a shower and leave them alone. Yeah. yeah. Or I mean, if they don't pick their stuff up off the floor in 30 minutes, I'm throwing it all in the trash. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, my hey, gosh. Hey. Dude. And our, is- <laughs> our Facebook group is off the chain, and I know it is. We try to rein it in, but it has helped a lot of people. So that's why I won't shut it down. 
you know, but sometimes I'll have to tell people you're not nacho. Well, that's my weight. No, mm-hmm. that's like going to Weight Watchers and coming home and eating a German chocolate cake and saying, well, this is my way of Weight Watchers. No, <laughs> yeah. you're doing something completely different. And don't say you're doing Weight Watchers. That's right. Or like going to Weight Watchers, getting a lap band surgery, and then coming back and saying, look what it did for me. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, totally, I, I think when you said something has happened to me, I think uh, I think what it is is I, I've been doing this for a while now, and I get a lot of emails and messages from, from moms, not even from stepdads. That's the crazy thing. A lot of the messages that I get are from the moms going, hey, I have no idea how to get him to communicate with anybody. He just he doesn't want to talk to me. He's shut off. He's closed down. And I've dealt with a lot of them that I would re- reach out to, you know, down the road after I give them a little bit of advice or ideas. And they're like, oh, he left or it didn't work out. And then it just f-ing irritates me because why did you get into that relationship in the first place? Like there are way, there are a lot of men out there who will get into these situations because their pride won't allow them to say no or to say, "Mm, not for me, or where they'll stay in it for three years when they know they should have got out at six months or they get into the blended family relationship. They start off their journey, but you know, what they did is they, they got their, their, they left one shoe and it's got the door propped open in the back. So just at the sign of panic, they they can go and they are. And they're not tied to it. So it irritates me because I know the, the effect that it has on the kids just, yes. from me, just from me being here. Like yeah. I used to be really hesitant to speak about their dad. I don't know why I never knew the dude, but for some reason it's like, I almost had a vendetta with a ghost. Like, yeah. like no, I don't know why. Like it was the stupidest thing in the world. And now I freely talk about him mm-hmm. and I encourage the kids to learn about their father. Right. right. And um, it wasn't until I kind of like let everything go. And then after you just said what you said, what stopped, what kind of got me there? What brought me to the point where I said, it's a coward's way out. I think it was just a, me yelling out at every one of the douchebags that just poisoned the well yep. and then just left. One of the things that we tell people when they join the academy, if they are one foot out the door, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. You cannot have the thought process of, well, if this doesn't work, I'm going to leave. You yeah. have to be all in. Come hell or high water, you are going to make this work. Because if you feel like there's an out, yes, it's easier to leave. Right, it is. And I'll, I'll tell you, and I've said this before, thank God I sold my house when David and I got married, or I would have left. We probably had a place to escape to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that he, when we were going through this, he said, maybe – you should move out and you and Jackson get your own place. And then we kind of start over, figure out a different way to approach this. I knew if I left, I wasn't coming back. Right. I wasn't going to uproot my son again. I wasn't going to live in this podunk town. Sorry, anybody that lives in Lancaster. (laughs) What part of South Carolina? Lancaster. Lancaster. Is that, is that, I I only know Myrtle Beach. I'm not. It's just, it's just below Charlotte. So Lancaster touches. It's it's an old mill town. So I would never live here if it wasn't for him. And, but really, it was more of, I think, uprooting my son. I didn't want to do all that again. And I love David. There were days that, that I questioned that. And there were <laughs> days that does. he questioned it. <laughs> but it was when we decided that we're going to do this nacho thing. This is our last-ditch effort. And we are going to make this work. Then it took away a lot of the, when you have bad moments, you feel like it's the end Mm -hmm. because it's not. And a lot of times people react to 
small arguments or disagreements and they panic and it gets escalated because they feel like that the other person's going to leave. Right. Well, if you feel like that you're in this together, then you're going to say, you know what? That was a pretty bad argument, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. And you talk about it and learn to talk about those things. If nothing else, we've talked about this before. We are thankful for what we've went through because it made us stronger as a couple. Our kids saw us fight for our marriage. They saw that, look, they're not throwing in the towel. They are fighting for this. They're going to make it work. You talk to them about it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've had three of them on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people say, well, what about these stepkids that you nacho? They're going to grow up and need therapy. And we kind of giggle because my stepkids are like, yeah, Lori nacho was the best thing she could have ever done. It allowed us to get to know her. And now there are certain things I still don't engage with because it's not my place. I, I'm not going to get into certain things with them. But one of them, I sat down the other night and I had a conversation with him like I was his mama. Yeah. But he knows now that it comes from a place of love, right. not from the evil stepmom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best way to put it. Yep. And not showing have- was born out of love. It, at the time, it wasn't love for my stepkids. It was love for David. Mm-hmm. And so it really bothers us when we see people using it for bad, kind of like the Internet. You can use it for good or you can use it for bad. Yeah. But if you're a douchebag, we can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it, like the whole weaponizing it. I never thought about it until you just brought it up. Oh, like, yeah. I can 100% see how an individual can use that as a scapegoat to get out of literally not only every responsibility, but for taking any responsibility. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Monday morning, I heard this thing called Nacho. I'm not taking your kids to school anymore. And you need to find yeah. a way to pick them up. And we're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Common sense, people. Do you, have a, do you deal with a lot of people that do that? It's few and far between, but we've had... Some they, they they're so headstrong. They're not even open to the concept. They just thought, oh, yeah. this is a way to help me get out of what I don't want to do. Whereas, yeah, I, what you need to do is sit down, figure out the things that cause you stress. What are your triggers? Identify those, and then talk to your partner and say, look, it stresses me out taking these kids to school every morning. What other options do we have? Right, and then talk about it together and figure out what's going to work. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, you know, you got to look at th- that term stresses me out. Like you can't just say it stresses me out. It's got to be something that is your top 10. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be something that like, this is, this ends badly when I take it. Kids, dishes, it stresses me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause that, you know, I'd be, I'm not doing laundry. I'm not, doing dishes. Matter of fact, I'm not even getting out of bed because it stresses me out. It's Monday morning. <laughs> I'm um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta use common sense and I understand common sense is not so common anymore, but <laughs> Uh, it, it is that you got to use common sense. You got to learn how to communicate, which is the hardest thing for people to do with another human being is communicate. Yep. And when you put people in a relationship where communication can be critical and it can have an outcome that is very good or very bad sometimes, that's why I think oftentimes men just shell up because mm-hmm. it's like this, this is going to end up badly if I bring this up. Right. And so, and I tell women too, be careful because oftentimes you're training your guy to keep his mouth shut because when he brings something to your attention the first time and you bite his head off, you've just told him, honey, don't come to me with this crap anymore because I'm going to bite your head off. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you got what you trained him to do. Yep. Do you guys have a, a, a version of the notching for marriages? Yeah. What you're just saying? Like, I mean, what I mean by that is, I mean, I get the whole, I get how you use it for the kids. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Do you have it in a version for the couples for the first two years? So <laughs> that's funny you'd say that. The, it's all about the couples. The, what you'll find out as you start going through the process is it's most about the kids. most people that think they're having problems with stepkids, they're not. So you see where I'm coming from, right, guys? What I mean is, is you see, I'm on a podcast with you. I've done research on you. And the question that I have is still wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still off. Well, that's, I hate that. You, you, well, <laughs> not you guys about the fact that I can't figure it out. Not you guys. Right. Like, no, why it's, I can now? Like, why can't I connect that? Well, it's not that you're wrong. It's that or why you can't connect it. We gave this away a while back. We did the Nacho Kids Boot Camp. Part of the boot camp is you identify the issues you have with the stepkids. Throughout the boot camp, the next few days, you realize that, you know what? It's not my stepkids. It's what their bio parent lets them do. So that focus shifts from my stepkids are hellions to my husband's a piece of crap because he won't parent his kids. And then you have to go through the, wait a minute, he's not a piece of crap because he won't parent his kids. There's guilty parent syndrome. He doesn't know how to parent. There's all these things. So it teaches you to realize the dynamics that you're dealing with and to change your perspective. My stepkids were going through a lot. I didn't know and I didn't care because my life was upside down. Right. But in hindsight, I'm thinking they're leaving here and they're going to their moms and she's saying bad things and they don't want to come here because I'm telling them, do this, do that, do that. And their mom don't even do that. She lets them do what they want to do. So you change your perspective. And I say this all the time. It has helped me tremendously. I nacho Walmart. Okay. (laughs) Walmart stresses me out. The aisles aren't wide enough. People want to stand around and talk and I'm going to get what I need to get and get out. I do not go to Walmart anymore because I don't have to. I found a way to avoid Walmart and it lowers my stress. Same thing with people riding your butt, driving down the road. Used to, I'd be like, you get ready to eat the butt end of a Honda, you know, tap your brakes a little bit. It it pisses you off, right? right? Now I just pull over. I'm like, have a good day. You ain't stealing my joy because that's what it's about. It's controlling how you let things affect you versus trying to control things you can't control. Yeah. Well, the other, the other part of it too, Franco is, is, and this is a challenge for us is that even though we're providing coaching and help for a relationship, people aren't looking necessarily for that. They're coming in going, I have a problem with my stepkids. Right. And and if I told you right off the bat day, if I, it's, it's, the first video you ever saw of me, I'm, th- I'm telling you, it's not your stepkids. You'd be like, no, it is my stepkids. Mm-hmm. So you have to bring them in with what they think is the problem, and then you lead them to what the problems really are. And I always say when they realize it, they'll go, wait a minute. It's not the stepkids. It's my husband. I'm like, woo, round one. You just completed. Now let's go to the next level. Because a lot of times they will begin to look at their boyfriend or husband or whatever as a bad person or I just don't find him attractive when his kids talk to him like that. You didn't fall in love with him because of how he parented. Your relationship with your significant other is almost separate than their relationship with their kids. It's like a Venn diagram. You overlap just a little bit. And your relationship with him, your relationship with them, your relationship with your own kid, and they just kind of overlap. And then you have to change the focus and then say, wait a minute, David might be doing this because... He only sees his kids every other week and he doesn't want to be hard on them right before they go to their moms or put them on restriction for the whole week they're here. Right. And so it's understanding the dynamics and why it's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny you say that whole uh, 
when they, if they come to me in the beginning, I tell them, Hey, it's not the kids. It's, it's somebody else. It's, you know, I literally, I think I've, I've said this about five or six times when a stepdad or I make a video about it, my whole process is always like, everybody's always trying to look for the, for that, for the bad guy, whether it's bio parent, whether it's the kids, whether it's the family members, at the end of the day, if you break it down all the way to its core, the common denominator is always you in that scenario. That math, if you do the math, the denominator is you. And until you change that denominator and simplify it, you'll never be able to get the math right. Ever. And it's hard for people to admit they are part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually had a lady or several ladies reach out to me. How dare you take responsibility for what was going on when y'all were struggling? Look, I got a big mouth and I'm a heavy presence. And I was the squeaky wheel. Everything was running fine until I came in and tried to change things. Yeah. And I mean, David admits his part in it, but I did have a big role in it. And remember, I was in such a bad place and I thought everybody wanted me to die. And I was kind of looking forward to it if it happened. (laughs) But when I realized, wait a minute, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. I could have taken that and went suicidal. Okay. Or... What I did was say, wait a minute, I can fix me. And it's not that something's necessarily wrong with me as much as it is the way I'm looking at things and the way I'm reacting to things. I would come home and have a great day at work, go to put something in the pantry, and there's an empty cereal box. It oh, would trigger. drive me insane. Yeah. I mean, really, it would just spin me for a loop. I'd be mad for two hours. That's stupid. But you got to feel your emotions. I'm not saying to suppress them, but set your timer on your phone. Give yourself five minutes to be mad about the cereal box. A minute and a half in, and you're like, this is stupid. Yeah, especially if you focus on the fact that you're being Right, stupid. right. Like, like any man with the door open. Right, and that's the tools that we teach people in the academy because you can apply these things to work. You can apply them to not just your blend, but it makes you... I don't want to say be a better person, but more aware of who you are and yeah, it, how things affect you. It's a lot of personal development. Yeah. It's, it's a, be a better person. That's basically what that is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you know, yeah. but a lot of times when people hear be a better person, they think I'm saying they're a bad person. So you guys, you guys have obviously, or maybe you haven't made you personal development and growth is something I'm big on. I love that. I love everything about it. And I used to think it was the dumbest <laughs> on the planet. And I mean, ever, as a matter of fact, somebody, gave me a movie, The Secret, once, and I took it and I chucked it out the window. That was <laughs> the most piece of crap I ever saw. Then, I don't know how, it was mailed to me again. <laughs> and this time, I broke it. I'm like, why do people keep sending me this crap? I'm a mailing window. one. <laughs> then, then, I, then I got home to my apartment. This was when I was still in, in North Carolina. I get home, and my girlfriend at the time has been watching this movie. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> So finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and watch this just so I can just hate it. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I mean, I don't know, maybe 25 minutes into it. I see a guy specifically by the name of Bob Proctor. And I was like, whoa. And it totally changed my life. So I wish more people would do that. I, I, everything changed when I decided that personal development and growth had to be a key component to my growth as a person. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Yep. So much of what we do is exactly that, but we do it underneath the banner of step family, uh, help and coaching problem we had that you have to learn how to slow down and respond, not Pause. react. Yeah. You know, you, you think about going to the doctor and you hit your knee and it's like, whoof, and your leg flies <laughs> up in the air. That's kind of how our relationship was. Like when something touched it, everything flew off. Yeah. 
You're like, dude, you just need to calm down a little bit and just let things slow down, process things, and then just respond appropriately. And you'd be surprised right. how many times you just go, you know what? <laughs> this is not as big of a deal as I thought it was. Or it doesn't make me as mad as it you did before. I'm able to just look at it and go, okay, she snapped at me, but something else is going on. This is not about me. Mm-hmm. She's upset about something. Let me go to her and say, is something bothering you versus going, what the heck are you doing talking to me like that woman? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a very different response. I, I think you, you, when you said right now that uh, react and respond. So I've been doing personal development and growth since 2006. That's when I think I started. And I've been doing it every single day since that day. And I am, I can say with, with full truth to myself that even though I do all the work and I've done, and I have all this stuff in these books and these motivation, all this stuff, it, you still are going to backslide. I think the difference between people that have worked on themselves is that when they do backslide, because they will, when they do react instead of respond, it's the work that you've put in before then that will help you get to your end solution much faster. So where most people will sit for 30 days in, in their mental jail, we, we spend, we take an overnight stay. Right. Uh, and then uh, the next morning we're out. But I'm, I, I bring that up because, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for many years and I still reacted in the scenario with the video that I made instead of responding. Yeah, Franco. <laughs> hey, let me just tell you, if, if you would have talked to me, if we would have had a podcast the next day, this would have done very different because I would have done no thinking about it. And as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I probably would have just never got on. Right. Mm -hmm. And not because I'm scared, but because I was like, this is not what I, I, this is what I believe. That's what they believe. They're going to stay in their lane. I'm going to stay in mine. Yeah. And I'm not arguing with you about it. And not, and, but, and then when I really broke it down, it's like, you know, I might not agree with them. Cool. I don't understand it fully. All right. But if I, but by making stuff like that or by going against something that somebody else is teaching, I'm taking away from the knowledge that they can be delivering based off of a theory that I have because I didn't fully understand the information because I reacted instead of responded. Well, I really am glad that you did the video mm-hmm. because Me too. we need to know why there's such a misunderstanding and yeah. what, are, what are we saying wrong or what can we say differently? I don't. Is it that we need to go live more because I don't like being on camera? So that's <laughs> part of my issue. But maybe if we do show more of a presence besides a blog that gets bumped down every time that I put another one out yeah, to just refresh people of what this truly is and what it is about. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you bring up another problem, which is the more content you put out, the more it dilutes, you know, when you put something out there, like what we're doing right now, like we're putting this out there and there are people who are going to learn from this podcast, but we also have what almost 200 podcast episodes out there that, you know, so it gets diluted over time to where it's harder to find that content. Yeah. I think one of the big steps that you guys have started doing that I've been, because I might've been against what you guys said and against what you guys believe, because I didn't agree. Like I said, I didn't agree with it, but I also am smart enough to follow and I'm smart enough to learn and I'm smart enough to pay attention. And one of the things you guys are doing lately, as opposed to what you were doing before is the natural parenting wins. Mm-hmm. The ones that you're posting to the wins. It's a smart idea because you're actually seeing a win from an individual that are going through the same process that some right. people are going through. The only thing I would change about that is I would probably ask some of your core, hardcore, like people that have followed you from day one to make a 15, 30 second video on that instead of saying it on 
a banner post from for Instagram, I would have it as a video of a woman or a father or whatever, specifically saying how this helped them right. and why they should and and why. I mean, it's not even here's the thing, too. People don't agree with what you do fully, just like they are not going to agree with what I do fully. But my answer to a lot of them is, look, you've been doing it your way the past 35 years. <laughs> do it, do it my way for six months. And then if you at, at six months, if you just do it my way, if it doesn't work, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. You're never gonna change. And I think that's with your with the content that you guys put out. It is so again, it's it's the name itself brings question to what we do. And then just the name itself, I'm not telling you to change the name, but the delivery method for in, for people like myself and people that are finding you, if it was, if I, if we could see more, like if I saw another stepdad talk about this in a, in a way where I'm like, no, oh, okay, I get that. Maybe I need to look for, and then away I go. Right. The reading it. Cause if I'm reading it, remember ignorance is bliss. If I haven't fully done my research or if I have decided to react instead of respond the words itself are going to be like, nope, I'm going to make a video calling them cowards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how hard it is to get men to share stories. And we have an issue. Most of my guests on our podcast are anonymous because. Really? Yeah. They're just normal people that are in the blend and they're struggling or they nacho or they don't. You don't even have to agree with nacho one to be on the podcast, but it's just all things blended. Parental alienation, stuff like that. But it's rare that we find a normal average person that is willing to use their real name. Yeah. Well, you, you also have to remember that some of these people, the other side of the family, you know, their exes, they'll take some of that content that yeah. they produce and they'll use it against yeah. them in court. Yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah had, I had one guy that's um, in England and the court system threatened him that the podcast needed to be taken down because he bashed the family court system. In England, mm-hmm. and he messaged me, and he's like, "I hate to ask you this," and I'm thinking, "What are they going to do to you? What if you tell them I won't do it?" But I didn't want to go through all that. I was just like, right. okay. yeah. "Well, they probably would have filed an injunction against you to get it down." Yes, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, hey, my, my dad told me something one day, and I stuck with me forever. He said, "Son, never underestimate the predictability of stupidity." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I just, yeah. I mean, if you say, "What are they going to do?" My answer to you is. Probably a ton. Yeah. <laughs> Think about oh, the publicity, though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that could work. That could work. I, guys, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest. It's refreshing. This is a refreshing interview, and this is a refreshing talk. And yeah. uh, and more important, I think that I think it's important to, for people that are listening to your show and listening to what you do. I think it's important for people to remember that having a different opinion, good, bad, right, or wrong, if it gets you to where you're trying to get to. David says that all the time. You can take 77 or I can take 21 and we're go- both going to end up at the destination that we right. want to. Yeah. yeah. Right. And one's going to take longer than the other. But, and I think, I, I wish more people would understand that. I wish there were more parents that were willing to speak. And I, I guess I get the anonymous and process of it all. But I mean, I just think about Facebook and why I can't even join groups because I mean, the, the sheer complaining on these websites are just overwhelming. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I'll message these people, even though I'm not supposed to. And I'm like, Hey, stop posting here and go fucking talk to your significant other talk <laughs> about on this platform and go have a freaking conversation. Like, what are you doing? 
oops, you're going to get banned from the group now, Franco. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, I probably have been banned from five of them already. Oh, honey, I have had, we ha- we get hate mail, we get death threats. You get death threats. Yeah, one lady said, if one more person mentions Nacho in this group, I'm shutting the whole thing down. And so, of course, some smart aleck girl had to go, Nacho, Nacho. And she shut it down. She, honest to God, shut it down. She shut down her group. And yeah. she just, and I don't want to use the word closed-minded, but that's just how it kind of comes to me. You've got to be open-minded to try new things, to see what's going to work for you. And thank God we were. Yeah. 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 That's true, guys. That's yeah. very true. Well, I know we need to wrap up because this has been pretty long. Yep. Um, yeah. I do want to say thank you again for being a guest. And uh, also reach out to your five people you talk to and tell them to be a guest on our <laughs> podcast. Actually, you know what I'm going to do is uh, one of them is, is uh, I can't read her name eludes me, but she did say, if you change your mind, let me know. I'd like to go talk to them about it too. Cause she's going to give the stepmom's POV of this. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you've got my email address. So just give her my email address and we can set it up. Yeah. Cool. So, so Franco, how can people find you? Yes. The professor, right. The professional stepdad.com is my website. It's um, easy to find on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and rumble, whatever the hell that is. Rumble. I've got I, it, but I don't know what it is either. It's like that clubhouse it. thing. I feel like it could possibly just be MySpace, but redone. But I'm not sure. But those are the platforms that I'm on, and I um, and I'm also beginning to start. I'm starting to write for Step Parent Magazine, um, just different types of blogs. Other than that, you'll just find me, like, you know, like I said, on the platforms that I said on the shows that I do. I'm trying to put out a show every single day until the to the 31st. I have it on my board. And the best thing is you can do commercials for yourself. <laughs> Guys, I thought about, I'm not shitting you. As a joke one time, I put my, I, I had a product on my desk and I did a small, like we're sponsored by this person, you know, <laughs> and I was going to keep it in there. I just, I didn't because I'm afraid that they would make me pay them, I guess. I don't know. I see. I don't understand all that because you're showing their product. And- yeah. Maybe they'll send you like a, a gift card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I got to think about it. Never underestimate predictability <laughs> that's that's right yep but it was great having you on franco I, yeah it I, was. I appreciate it and um and thanks for for coming on not knowing what this is going to be like because i know some people are like oh they're gonna you know argue with me you know and this it's, it's never what it's going to be for us we don't want to we're not bringing anybody on to argue with them or try to embarrass them it's just about trying to understand and so yeah, i appreciate I you doing that it's a great way to put it the understanding of different povs is the best thing we can do so you guys i appreciate you guys having me on and uh and I wish you guys the best. Just keep thank doing you. What you too. Stay in touch. You will. I definitely will. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. One of the things that Franco suggested was that we post more wins that people experience from the Nacho Kids method. Mm-hmm. It's hard though because people don't want to share their dirty laundry. They don't want other people to know that they've been struggling in their blend. They're private. Heck, I'm private. <laughs> I never thought I'd be on here telling y'all my life. Never. Yeah. If you would have told me at any point in my life prior to us doing this, Lori, you're going to be doing a podcast, and you're going to tell everybody about y'all's struggles, and you're going to just lay it all out on the line. I'd have been like, you are cray-cray, because like, I don't even post crap on Facebook, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's always been one of our challenges because we do get testimonials and we do get those wins. A lot. It's Yeah, but it's often either it comes in anonymously or they say, I don't want you to use my name. 
Right. Uh, and so, and we both know when it comes to marketing stuff that people want to see an image of who it is or the name. Otherwise it just looks like it's made up. Now, I, I mean, I'll cross my heart and hope to die. We never make up stuff. Please don't I mean, die. Yeah. Cause not your kids <laughs> we, will die if you die. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't make up or fabricate any of the content or the testimonials or anything. It's all, it's all real, but it is a challenge for us because we want to use that to show the success people are having, but we've had more than one person, especially marketer that comes to us and they say, you, you know, you really need to use their name and, and their image and things like that. That's what you do in marketing. I'm like, I get it, but you know, we can't do that. There's a lot of anonymity that has to uh, happen around what we do to protect the privacy of those individuals. Oh yeah, definitely. But anyway, but I am trying to do more videos of myself. Yeah, that's her New Year's resolution. Do more videos. I'm trying, folks. I'm trying. Y'all help her out. Give her some confidence. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember one article that was written about us. I don't remember which magazine or whatever it was at the time. And somebody said something about the picture of all of us. In the beginning, we all got the white oh, yeah. shirt sitting down. Photoshop. Yeah, it's like I said... Does anybody else feel like her head's just plopped in the middle of that? Because my hair's so dark and all this white's around me. It does. It looks like my <laughs> head is photoshopped in that picture. And but somebody said that. Somebody was like, oh, yeah, this picture is completely photoshopped. And I'm like, oh, my God. I laughed so hard at that. It was hilarious. <laughs> because when I saw that comment, I'm like, no. And I looked at the picture. I'm like, oh, my, they're right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I, yeah. I can, again, I can see how people can come up with all kinds of stuff, but it's just funny because you and I both know, <laughs> why in the world would we be Photoshopping any of it? But, oh, if we were going Photoshop, we'd all be looking a lot better than we are in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I ain't got time to be Photoshopping nothing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's funny. All right. I think that's about it for today, David. Yep, it is. All right. So thanks for listening and be sure to join us next week. And if you want to share your story and help others by being a guest on our podcast, come on, don't be afraid. Shoot me an email at Lori, L-O-R-I, at nachokids.com. There you go. And you can be completely anonymous. Completely anonymous. We can't do the voice changeover thing, though. We could, but. No, that would be horrible. Hello, (laughs) I I got three (laughs) stepkids. I know. I know. I watch so many shows sometimes when they do that. I'm like, I can't even understand that guy. (laughs) Well, that's why we had the closed caption on the TV now. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, folks. Yep. Join us next week. And remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.